0: Hi everyone and welcome to this new podcast and today joining me is Fahima Adam and Fahima is a contracts lawyer and podcaster in the UK who left corporate life to start up on her own terms and my choice of words there is rather deliberate because uh, this inspired her legal business and her own podcast series which is actually called On Your Terms. Fahima is an avid conversationalist and finds energy in working with energetic and aligned clients, making the right choices for her business and for living life. And yeah, the subject of this podcast is leaving the nine to five uh, to live life on your terms. So the focal points of the podcast will be about living an entrepreneurial life on your own terms, starting up and growing your own calls on every faculty, skill and strength of the entrepreneur. But how do we manage to create value for our clients and wealth, both financially and emotionally for ourselves, if we can't live that life on our terms? And this is a dream for many of us who give up the corporate grind to become entrepreneurs. So I can't think of a better guest than uh, you, Fahima, to have this conversation. So welcome.
1: Oh, thank you, Matt. Thank you for that lovely introduction.
0: Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you uh, for joining. So, okay, well, maybe I'll kick start with the very obvious question which is what led you to leave your corporate career and start your business
1: so before i answer that question i just want to start with a disclaimer as oh, a good. <laughs> <laughs> my disclaimer is i do by no means say that i've got all the answers to mm. living life on your own terms but i'm on a journey to discover it and so yeah let's just put that disclaimer in <laughs> but i'd love to try and have this conversation with you and see how if, anyway it can help anyone else with what they're doing okay so your question about what led me to leave my corporate career and start my own business so in january 2019 which feels like quite a while ago now um i went away for my birthday me and my husband went away for my birthday we went to new york and it was it's january so it's that new fresh start of the year anyway and it's new york which is a city built up and it's Mm. just got a lot of energy it's like london it's got this energy And had a few days away, time to kind of reflect and get away from the everyday. And at that time, I was in my corporate career. And at that time away, I started to think, do you know what? I can do this for myself. Mm. And it was just an initial thought. And it was like, I've done it for 10 years. I've done commercial contracts for 10 years. Maybe I could do this for myself. Do I have to continue to work for someone else? And from that, I explored the kind of pros and cons of like, well, if I did it for myself, what would the good bits be? If I stayed in corporate, what are the benefits of staying in the corporate world? And I think it kind of came to a few bits. One of them is I definitely felt at that point, I felt competent and confident to take the leap. Hmm. So that was the initial foundation for me. If there wasn't that, I probably would never have done it at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like competence is really important. So I'd been, like I said, 10 years commercial contracts that gave me the belief that any kind of contract that comes in front of me, I'm kind of able to deal with it. And if not, I'm sure I can find someone else to do it, but actually most of them, I'm quite confident that uh, I can kind of get my hands into and really like enjoy. So mm. that side, and that gave me the confidence to think it's even, it's even an option for me. But the three main things that led me to take the leap once I've got, you know, knowing, feel like I feel competent, feel like mm. i got the confidence. The three main things would be um, anonymity, Autonomy. Autonomy, <laughs> I got yes. autonomy. autonomy. I always say that. I, I try and say the right one and say the wrong. Autonomy, yeah. flexibility, mm. and the opportunity for growth. So they're yeah.
0: the three. Do you mean personal growth in that sense?
1: Yes. Mm. And professional.
0: Okay. Oh, and professional. To be
1: honest, to be honest yeah. yeah. Interestingly, yeah. so.
0: Interesting.
1: Um, yeah, it's so... that is
0: curious because, you know, a, a lot of people um, who do become entrepreneurs um, yeah. do so because they're pushed into it. So, for example, it might be redundancy or, you know, a change in their corporate circumstances where they've decided, OK, either I'm, I'm done with this and they, they decide to spin out um, or they, um, you know, redundancy. And so a lots of entrepreneurs are pushed. In this instance, it seems that you were really more pulled into being an entrepreneur by you know evaluating your growth you know in the job what you have, how you developed your competency and then deciding actually you know I can now I feel confident enough to take these skills and and do it for myself so to speak
1: exactly that and so you know when you asked about the growth aspect and how maybe not just personal growth but also professional I feel like because my career and um, the first two years was in law firms was. And then I went to work for um, other businesses. So I worked as an in-house lawyer, which is a bit different to working in a law Mm. firm. Mm. I didn't really enjoy the law firm environment, which led me to move into the kind of in-house roles. I worked for universities for the largest chunk of that career as well, Mm. um, of that part of my career. And then I got headhunted into a more traditional corporate role. Mm. And I would say the professional growth aspect Um, I was very fulfilled in the universities because there, there was more of an opportunity to learn, even Mm. if it meant, you know, there was, I had a training budget, for example. So in the role that I was in, I was given a training budget that I could make proposals for courses I want to go on, places, conferences I want to attend, things like that. Mm. But then when I went into the corporate role, it was only the very first, I'd say probably six months that I had the opportunity to do things like that but the mm. budgets kept getting smaller and smaller, delays kept happening. And I'm somebody who's constantly looking to learn. And I thought, well, mm. do you know what, if I do work for myself, I can choose where I go and how much of my business money I invest back into learning and mm. grow myself professionally.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's really, really interesting, because it, it is a different side of the coin. And it, it strikes me the kind of I don't know if it was a rational analysis. It sounds like a bit of a rational analysis on your behalf, but it's really interesting to see you actually looking back and thinking, okay, this has been the 10 years of my career to, to this point, how I've developed, how I've evolved. But then mm-hmm. to think about, actually, I want ownership of my own growth going forward. And one, and I guess that's the, the you know, that whole concept of living life on your own terms is having that ownership and to, to begin that, you know, process I suppose
1: absolutely and I think sometimes it's also taking responsibility and accountability for yourself and it's Mm -hmm. like I don't like to use this phrase but maybe growing up and saying do you know what it's up to me to make myself become who I want to be it's up to Mm -hmm. me to create the life I want and I can't constantly rely on this employer or the next employer or the next employer to give me everything I want it's not Mm -hmm. it's not up to them you know I mean they've got their own Um, idea of what they want from me and I've got an idea of what I want from them and it's usually only at the very start that you get to negotiate that and then it's just Mm. a bit of a here and there with you know an annual kind of performance review where you get a bit more of a chance to negotiate some of these terms yeah but I just thought let me take it into my own hands Mm. and if, if I do well great that's on my own kind of back And if I don't, then that's also up to me. And I'm sure, because, like I said, I've done contracts for ten years. Mm. I had the comfort of knowing that if it doesn't work out, I could probably go get another job. So there is that as well. Like if you do it really early on, when you're just straight out of university Mm. or straight out qualifying it's more risky because yeah, you Yeah, I see what you, mean. Yeah. Yeah. If you so have was...
0: developed, you know, you understand the industry, you've developed networks, um, yeah. you know, how to work and present it. So exactly. great, no, so that's some really, really nice insights. And I hope people listening will start to maybe, you know, make that their own reflection and think about, you know, if they were and in terms of how do you take ownership? If I tend to think about my role, for instance, um, my family has a background in entrepreneurship, and it was—it's starting a business is exactly where I was going to go at the end of my degree and the end of my masters, until I got persuaded to do a PhD. And um, <laughs> if it wasn't for the autonomy in this role and the creativity from researching, writing, engaging with businesses, engaging with um, you know entrepreneurs and and family businesses, of course, and then it would be very it would be very boring if I didn't have that that space as an outlet for my creativity I couldn't do this and it's kind of the reason why I realized a standard nine-to-five job wouldn't work for me because I would not be able to take that level of control Is because I feel like I need the autonomy (laughs) so I can absolutely empathize on that so yeah Yeah.
1: so with autonomy I think you know I work like I said at universities for the largest part of my career Mm. and even working in the kind of corporate uh, commercial professional services side of it not as an academic mm. there was that flexibility uh, with time like I didn't mm. have to at nine to five there was a good mm. you know there's core hours in university settings that are a lot more flexible than the what it would be in a normal corporate environment and then the move to the corporate the very corporate corporate was a bit of a um, like a shock to the system yeah because that is there
0: are very big discrepancies in the concept of flexible working <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, yes yes absolutely that's just absolutely. it so I
1: guess you know they might feel they're flexible well, but for what I'm
0: used to I, you know when I think about it that that's quite an important theme now really because mm. one of the things that came out of the pandemic is people started to value flexible working I realized well actually hang on I don't need to be in the office all the time I can work at home, I can work flexibly and I enjoy that flexibility because of what it means for me and my family or just as an individual. So I think that, that this is why I find the whole concept of living on your own terms so interesting. OK, so let me move on to my second question, then, which is, you know, a, a bit more really about your, you know, you, you, you've gone and set up a business. So what value do you give to your clients as a bespoke Legal service and did that come from something that was maybe missing in the corporate world or maybe a desire to do something different? So maybe just some thoughts on that because you know if you do leave the corporate career and you you go on your own, then yeah, that dreaded phrase, you know, the, un- the unique value proposition, a unique selling proposition. So yeah, well, how do you feel you do things differently and you know, yeah, what value do you feel you you give that's maybe is more about you as a person and stands out maybe
1: sure so when I first started I'd say very much probably my very first piece of like announcement about my new business the wording I used was non-traditional law firm Hmm. and I was very intentional about calling it a non-traditional law firm and that's probably because like I said I did two years in a law firm at the very start of my career I actually by the point I started my own I'm hadn't been in a law firm for a very long time mm. so I actually was not that familiar with what I was talking about in saying non-traditional but you know maybe that time 10 years ago mm-hmm. that's what I was talking about I wanted to distance myself from that because I already had I already had I'd gone into work in universities I'd gone into work in the corporate world and I found particularly universities the place that kind of I learned that i really enjoyed collaboration creativity speaking to people from completely different types of backgrounds and teams so you know at the university you work with academics you work with other people in professional services like finance marketing and you know even within the academics there's all the different specialties you've got scientists and then mm. you've got humanities you know academics and it's just a wonderful wide scope of people characters mm. interesting conversations as you it's also know that. <laughs>
0: different uh, on a nearly daily basis really because um, you know, for anybody listening who may not quite realise that the concept of commercial law is a huge thing for universities because we have research grants that we apply for and we win research grants, we work with funding bodies, charities, businesses, a huge spread of organisations that um, some provide direct funding for research others in-kind benefits. And so there is lots of hurdles in terms of um, IP agreements, commercial agreements, rights. There's then tech transfer out of universities to businesses, Uh, licensing, patenting. There is a whole host of commercial legal aspects in universities. So, yeah, which is really interesting because you get that diversity that maybe you don't necessarily get in, in a traditional law firm. But then you go back to a corporate environment and I can see exactly again where the differences could be. So So what so what would you say is that difference for you then?
1: So for me, there was the three, there was the law firms for it to begin with the non, you know, and then I, and then the university type setting. And then at the end, it was closer to the law firms, I'd say, than mm-hmm. the university setting. And also just kind of working for one client. And I love working in research because like you said, one minute I'm working with an automotive industry contract. The next minute I'm working with a pharmaceuticals. Another minute I'm talking to a museum about something for the history department. So I loved the diversity, the variety, and mm. I missed that when I went into corporate. Now, when it comes to my own business, the thing I wanted to carry through was a much more simple client journey. So I wanted oh, to make legal services more approachable mm. for anyone and everyone in business. I wanted to get rid of the stuffiness, mm. the intimidate- intimidation kind of aspect, the kind yeah,
0: of like that, that makes a lot of sense
1: very typical feel feeling people get about lawyers
0: you yeah. know in advanced commerce I, so. I think the the word intimidation that you yeah. use there is is very um i think accurate i mean i just think of my own interactions with anything legal and you you kind of just immediately feel like you're defensive even when you yes. are just a party to something haven't done anything wrong you you just get yeah. defensive because it's an it, you know the the concept of the law is intimidating the technical yeah. terms are intimidating so that's interesting i think that yeah it it shows you know you have journeyed through working with so many different stakeholders that you mm-hmm. can see very clearly okay well actually where people have worries is just because of the, the how intimidating it is to think about legal clauses and legal contracts and
1: absolutely and i just yeah i just want to simplify it and create it make it so that it's easy for people to just get in touch and also know that once they've got in touch they're not going to be put into some big system that they can't get out of i mm-hmm. think people worry about legal fees and be like oh now i'm yes. stuck and i have yeah. constant legal fees coming in every month so i do like a fixed fee model Oh, um, okay. that's interesting yes, so yeah. they know straight away
0: i, I, I i've seen other um different types of legal businesses that specialize mm. in different elements of law. You know, I've noticed the growth in more um, niche legal businesses that do go towards a more fixed cost model because it does make it a lot more um, comforting for, to the clients when you think, okay, well, I, I I now don't need to worry about rapidly escalating legal costs. You know, I know yeah. what I'm getting, what I'm paying for. So I think that's that's, that's also a really interesting element. So Great. Excellent. That, it, it's really interesting, again, to see that personal journey and to then think about how that is reflected in the startup. And I think for many who are contemplating maybe leaving the 95 voluntarily or having decided you know, they, they, they want to or being pushed out, that gives some confidence that will actually look back at your own experience and work and that journey and think about, what is it that you can do different or better or solve a client problem that you can see because of how you know people, for example, just are so worried about engaging with legal firms and take that fear factor away, and that, you know that's an instant value proposition. So that's really nice to see.
1: One thing I will say, though, Matt, another disclaimer or like a qualifier. Mm-hmm. This is just how my head works. Is um. I think Plastic lawyer. Really I know, right? this is the problem I'm trying hard not to but I think it's important to say is that it's really I believe it's really important that you almost play by the rules first so you play by the rules first you know I did that two years in the law firms I learned what the rules are I played by them I learned them inside out even with contract law like you learn it inside out before you can start to take things out and say right we don't need that stuffiness and we don't need that bit of extra mm-hmm. formality but first you really do need to know it because it's
0: yes I agree
1: yeah a risk yeah. attached to just going in and being like yeah we can strip this off or we don't need to do this kind of bit of onboarding or whatever mm-hmm. and it's definitely I definitely advise learn everything first, apply it and respect it and then start to pair it back to what really is yeah. needed
0: yeah absolutely No, thank you for those insights. Okay, let me move to my um, final question then, which is uh, you've been living life and and doing work on your own terms now since at least 2019. And what are some of the key lessons you can share with fellow hopeful entrepreneurs or startups about living the entrepreneurial life on your terms? And in a way that's financially and personally sustainable.
1: Yeah, so very early on, I had... um, a business meeting with uh, somebody who I think you might know. It's called Gao Naik. Do you know Gao? He, he does work band. with
0: the, yeah. yeah, he
1: worked at the University of Leicester quite a bit as well. Mm. And a piece of advice he gave me, something I was already thinking about anyway, but it kind of made it even more kind of emphasised in my mind as something to constantly remember, is make sure your business is there to serve you and your life and not the other way around.
0: Yeah, I see. Mm. Yeah. So that's mm. really I think that's really interesting because... Then, I, I have a podcast from a few years ago. Actually, it was around about during the pandemic. I had two podcasts. One I spoke to uh, Karen Lee Thompson, uh, who actually started her own business and launched the business during the pandemic—a beauty products business—and it's doing very well. And she, you know, worked extremely hard to get that business set up. And during that time, and put in so many contingencies yeah. and develop and successful. But I also talked to um, a lady that had done some research on uh, le- leaving the corporate world and something that she had done, <clears throat> I, was, I had been hosting an, an event about it, you know, people being brave enough to, mm. to make that choice. And that is a key point There is that people often underestimate how many hours being an entrepreneur requires, which is basically yeah. all of the time that you have almost. In the yes. sense that, because you are essentially a one-person, yes, business in many cases, until you're ready to, um, you either grow and take on employees. But the now, of course, things are different. There are so many opportunities to outsource elements of the business. You can outsource the financials. You can outsource marketing to AI, <laughs> for instance. You know there are so many things that can be done. Um, but I think that that point you're making there about you know realizing the business needs to work for you not just you putting in everything for the business because then because you can't live life on your own terms when it's not nine till five but every second you have so how do you maybe achieve that? Is like a mantra that you need to live by and you make time for things or like allocate time almost like a resource or uh, yeah how do you do it
1: oh i like that question so i'm a bit of a productivity junkie (laughs) <laughs> so I, le- I love to learn productivity hacks. Um, so I, I try things out. I'm a bit of an experiment. So I'll experiment with something. Does it work for me? Does it not? And then I'll either keep it or dump it and start something else. And so I've created so many little things in my day that make a difference to being able mm. to do that and to being intentional with checking in with myself okay am I doing what I want to be doing what's my main priority like why am I even doing this because sometimes we can end up on this treadmill or like hamster wheel or whatever you want to call it where we're just doing stuff because other people are putting these requests on us and that's something I very felt very much felt was when I worked in corporate was other people are putting requests on you and you're just doing it you're just doing it and now Surely, as an entrepreneur, I should be able to make those decisions myself. Even yes. though sometimes you do feel like your clients are those people that are putting you on the hamster wheel. Um. So yeah, it's there's lots of little productivity hacks. One in particular is the Pomodoro technique. I don't know if you know about that.
0: No, never heard of this. Okay, so
1: I'll just give you the quick one. This is one. It's one I use every day with all of my work, which is, um, Pomodoro is like a tomato in Italian, I believe. Yep. And it's like the kitchen timer. You know, the twenty-minute timer you get for the kitchen when you're mm-hmm. making something like cooking. Um, you basically have a timer. I set it for 25 minutes and you work focused for 25 minutes. Don't allow any interruptions. And then you stop and you force yourself to take a break, any any amount of break, even five minutes, but you force it. And then you do another pomodoro of 25 minutes. And I find that doing just a few pomodoros, even in a morning, is much more than a whole day of work. Um, mm-hmm. Because of that focus that I force myself to have and the more you do it the more your brain becomes used to that and you don't even want to look at your phone anymore you're just like I've got a list I'm going to get through these things mm. that's one, one example of managing time but also I think it's important to say that um, some of the people that are drawn to becoming an entrepreneur starting their own business are people who might have I feel, I feel like a kind of personality where they kind of enjoy what they're doing or want to keep doing it yeah. all the time Mm-hmm. So you can always become like addicted to it, like, oh, in the morning, you're excited to get going and then you want to carry on. And then, you know, for me, now my husband works from home, he might finish it at the end of the day and start to come and look like he's finished for the day. Whereas I'm like, oh, just a few more things, a few more things and I want to get more done. Um, yeah. But it's kind of accepting a middle ground of, Do you know, it's OK to be like that. There's a reason why I'm like that but also Mm -hmm. will that lead to burnout? Do I really need to rest myself? And it's some level of self-awareness checking in with yourself. Yeah, Yeah.
0: there was, um, this actually goes back to the nature of my question when I think entrepreneurs can often concentrate more on the financial sustainability and forget the personal sustainability. So I remember when when we first got introduced to each other and the, the, what we we were talking about, you know, the entrepreneurial life and so on. And one of the things I remember you mentioning to me was how you deliberately make time, for instance, to go to the gym. So on Fridays, for instance, you, you know, you make time, you make space to have that exercise. And and that's something I I was doing quite religiously for several years, you know, in in the past few years, and then. The habit got broken for a variety of, of of work related and personal reasons, and I, you know, very quickly realized that I, I was never going to the gym, for instance, for any kind of physical benefit. It was really yeah. more for my, my mental health. You know yeah, it was keeping true. your mind in a good place because then, with your mind being healthy, you can actually concentrate yes. effectively in, in ways that will in in those kind of bursts. So yeah i can absolutely see i think that's a really hopefully an important takeaway for anybody listening and thinking of becoming an entrepreneur is you know by all means prioritize the riches There's a lots of people do go into entrepreneurs, entrepreneurship to realize well you know i i will not get um, wealthy if i'm just w- working for somebody else you know if i am in control of my own destiny i have control over that financial growth but it's really important i think and this is clear takeaway from me listening to all of your answers so far is that you have to prioritize your own emotional and well-being health and that it has to be sustainable in that sense and part of the reason to living life on your own terms and being an entrepreneur is get out of the corporate grind so you can have better well-being so yeah i think that's a really interesting message through this
1: It is it is and I think you know you say about like making time for the gym I think what's really interesting is when when the habit stops that's when I think it's another point of like take a pause and why has it stopped look into Mm. it for yourself but don't judge it so don't don't take the moment to like punish yourself for it stopping Mm. or you know go down a negative route on it instead just sort of say why is it and be really honest because no one's hearing you you're just talking to yourself so you're just saying why is it? And then you know what it is. And then it's like, that's okay, that's okay. And just sort of tell yourself it's okay. And then think, well, what do I actually want? And why was I doing it? And how can I get back there? And be compassionate with yourself because sometimes Mm. it's fallen off for a really good reason. You know, I mean, even like you said, finances are important. If I went to the gym every single morning and I went for as long as I wanted to go and really trained for three hours every morning to become Spider-Man like I want to, that (laughs) is... you know that that will hit my finances it will because i'm having a time in the business so we have to be realistic and also be kind to ourselves the decisions we make which we might not always like so like for example you might not like that you stopped going to the gym but come on you did it for a reason so have some compassion even as an entrepreneur for yourself
0: that's interesting i think a key point that i took away from what you just said there is the idea that if we're being critical we're being critical to ourselves it's a conversation we're having in our own minds and I'm notorious for that I do it all the time and I have this horrible habit of beating myself up mentally in my head you know (laughs) Um, and I that's something that I that I've got to grips with over the last two years because I was forced to and um and you know I'm there was a lot of stigma about mental health in the past. And I'm not ashamed yeah. to say that one of the ways I got through that was psychotherapy. I needed somebody to guide me, to make me realize these bad habits. And one of them, a classic is beating yourself up because of not doing enough and not achieving enough. But as I said, it's, it's realizing that that's a conversation in your own mind and then being compassionate and being considerate to yourself and realizing, okay, there was reasons for that. And as an entrepreneur, you will be faced with this on a normal daily basis where you are faced with a choice of pivoting, doing something mm-hmm. different, accepting that maybe something wasn't working and then you you redirect and, and re-navigate either as part of your business decisions mm-hmm. or life decisions. And so, yes. you know, it, it takes as much courage, I think, to be willing to protect your personal well-being and mental health and making it sustainable that way. Rather than just also, um, you know, being worried about the self-criticism elements of it. So.
1: Yeah, and do you know, Matt? Maybe that's another top tip that, like, just be comfortable with talking to yourself or talking mm. out aloud to yourself. So one of the things I love to do is it is it started out with going to the gym just driving there every time I drive now even if it's not the gym wherever I go I don't put any music on I talk to myself aloud nice. and yeah. so it's kind of like a weird coaching session so I'll ask questions to myself a bit like my podcast that I do yeah. with my guests so I'll ask a question and then I'll just talk out loud and then I won't judge the response I'll just be like oh that's interesting
0: I'm yeah, more curious it, I'll ask it, another yes. question <laughs> it, it's um mindfulness it, you know yes. there's, there's, there's an element of that actually there's um just while I'm on the subject of it, I I have realized in the last few years that there's a growing research stream on entrepreneurship and mindfulness and how mindfulness even spirituality can matter to entrepreneurs and how that can you know it's not necessary for everyone I I cannot do mindfulness I've tried I can't do it positive (laughs) affirmations nope, can't do that either (laughs) I just can't look myself in the mirror and and praise myself I just can't (laughs) it's not in me to do it (laughs) but you you know I
1: feel like I I want to challenge that but I won't do it on your podcast
0: (laughs) But the, the, the good because point I think there's a is... way to
1: do it for different people. I feel
0: like there's a yeah, I, I, I think that's for different. And for me, it's mm-hmm. it's. But I think absolutely, to reinforce the point. There is for I think mean, uh, for entrepreneurs, it's increasingly really important to have that um, mindfulness. But but uh, if only of your own well being and your own yes. health, because then that for me is truly living life on your terms, especially the entrepreneurial life, because so many people. Get out to the nine to five to be able to have autonomy and to be creative and to live that dream. But to go with that, you have to take care of yourself. And so I think that yeah. the, those concurrent elements are so interesting. So, yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. Well, uh, thank you, Fahima. That was such a really interesting conversation. I have no doubts in my mind we could just keep on talking all day. I
1: think so. (laughs) Thank you, Matt. I really enjoyed chatting to you today as well.
0: Likewise. Thank you so much for joining me. And uh, for everybody who's listening, I hope you found that really insightful. I know I did. That, That was a big eye opener for me. I can see a lot of dots connecting in front of my eyes that I was aware of but I hadn't really thought about previously. so yeah, thank you so much for I really appreciate it and thank, thank you, you,
1: Matt joining.